0: Hey friends, thanks for checking out this message from Believer's Chapel today. We hope that God speaks to you in a personal, powerful way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Word of God with us.
1: What's up, everybody? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Oh, man. Pastor Rich, I'm so grateful for you. Um, Wow. I'm so glad that my hope cannot be taken away by world powers. It cannot be given to me by world powers because my hope is in Jesus. And I want yours to be, too. And thank God that we have people who are serving the kingdom of God who know that and aren't They care, but they're not distracted from what God's heart is. And I'm so grateful for that. How are you guys feeling? I, I, man, I feel like I'm light as a cloud. So come on, I need you to be like light with me in the place today. How are you feeling this morning? Come on, somebody say, "Jesus Jesus is Lord. Come on, say it again. Jesus is Lord. Amen. I'm going to pray before we get started, all right? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, God, that you have a mighty work that you're doing in this place. God, you have a mighty work that you're doing in the hearts and the minds of so many of us in this room. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you will have your way, God, that you will be able to minister to us, to share your truth to us. Guide me, God, that I will say what you want me to say, and I won't say what I want to say, because I got a lot of stuff I'd love to say, but I want to say what you want me to say. So I just pray for that as we all talk together in this place. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen hallelujah we're in this awesome series called in the trenches we're talking about spiritual warfare i want to talk to you guys about an aspect of spiritual warfare that i think kind of tends to go unnoticed a little bit maybe it just doesn't get talked about in this context and that is your obedience to god i want to talk today about obedience i don't think people associate obedience with spiritual warfare and we should Um, A lot of times when people think of spiritual warfare, they think of things like demonic possession in exorcism. You know, Hollywood loves that stuff. And, you know, or they'll think of just angels and demons fighting. We think of miracles and signs and healings. Now, look, all of that, I believe, is real. And I'm not saying that's not spiritual warfare. But that is a very narrow scope of thinking about spiritual warfare. Because the fact of the matter is, spiritual warfare is in every other little thing that we do throughout the day. Did you know that you getting up and coming to church this morning, or you watching online, tuning in this morning, did you know that that was spiritual warfare? You making a decision to do that? Did you know that the argument that you got into with your spouse, or your best friend, or your children this week, or your boss, that was spiritual warfare? Did you know that? Did you know that, amen, somebody's honest, did you know that when you were being apathetic about wanting to read the scriptures this week and spend time with God, that was spiritual warfare? There's spiritual warfare going on in everything we do. And I'm not saying that angels and demons are literally manipulating you 100% all the time and controlling you. But I do want us to realize that those things are influencing and interacting with us in different ways all the time. And God has called us to be in a relationship with him, but there's always these other powers that are going I don't like that. I want to stop that I'm gonna do whatever I can to get into that and we don't recognize that sometimes and a huge piece that we're gonna talk about today Is the fact that we make a decision to be obedient to God with our lives. Amen? Um, I know a lot of you know this already I'm just gonna repeat this story for those of you who don't know I did not want to be in ministry full-time Which is funny because sometimes people are like, I've had people say, oh, you must be a preacher's kid. And I'm like, nah. Although my dad, actually, I shouldn't say that. He's not in ministry, but he can preach. But I really, like, I just, man, there was, I had bad experiences with church and I had my own passions, my own ideas. I was a musician. I wanted to be a thriving musician. I wanted to do really cool things. And God always had these other plans for me. And I just did everything I could to say, God, I love you, but. God, you're the most important thing in the world, but. You know, And I just had such a hard time letting God even speak to me the idea that he might have something that's different for me, something that's better for me, and something that would be more impactful for the kingdom of God, both for me and for my family and for other people I would get to minister with. And it was so hard, but I had to recognize that there was spiritual warfare going on in my life. Even though I believed I loved the Lord so much, I was also being disobedient to him by saying no. And something had to happen. Something had to change. And I cannot imagine how different my life would be if I hadn't followed God and been obedient to him. There is power in your obedience. And the concept of spiritual warfare, there is power in your obedience. And we are all participating in spiritual warfare one way or another. None of us is sitting out on the sidelines. That's not how it works. We're gonna jump into a passage of scripture that I wanna talk about this concept through with you, it's in Luke chapter 11. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Luke chapter 11. I'm sure we're going to have it up here on the screen, so that's okay, you can read along with me there. Before we jump into that scripture, I kind of want to set the scene for you of what's going on. So, in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is on the scene, and he's working miracles and doing miraculous signs and wonders. But every time Jesus performs a miracle in the book of Luke, it's not just a miracle. It's actually signaling something bigger. It's something that we call the outbreaking of the kingdom of God. Can you say that? Say the outbreaking of the kingdom of God. Jesus's miracles are a sign that there is a kingdom of darkness. The world is a realm. And in that realm, the enemy has specific authority and power to do certain things. But when Jesus shows up on the scene, he shows up and doesn't just perform a miracle. He proves, he gives evidence of the fact that the kingdom of God is breaking through into the kingdom of darkness. You with me, you following me so far? Online, you say, I'm following you, Pastor Joey. Type that in the chat, I wanna know that you're with me. So in this story that we're about to read, I'm gonna jump into the middle because there's a lot going on here, but you need to know that right before we're about to read, what just happened was there was a man who was mute, he couldn't speak, and Jesus cast a demon out of him, and now the man could speak. And there are people who marvel at Jesus and say, this is amazing, this is awesome. And then there's other people who say, he does this by the devil's power. This is not God. And they are rejecting what Jesus is doing. Enter where we are in the scriptures. You ready? We're going to start at verse 20. It says, But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, Jesus says, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. If it is by the finger of God I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overpowers him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides the spoil. Jesus says, Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Now I know sometimes the Bible's kind of hard to read. It's, it was written so long ago and, and it uses different literary techniques that we don't always use. And sometimes passages of scripture like this can seem kind of confusing. So let's kind of break it down in some language today that we would understand. When Jesus uses the phrase, the finger of God, he says, if the finger of God is moving in this place, then the kingdom of God is here. That is a phrase from the Old Testament. The Bible has an Old Testament and a New Testament. It is a huge history of things God has done for salvation for mankind. And there's this famous story... Hollywood made movies about it. it was this is a great old movie uh, that was made about the, the story of the Ten Commandments. And in the story, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, has a whole bunch of God's people, the Jewish people, as slaves. And God comes along and God says, Pharaoh, those aren't yours, those are mine. And I'm taking them back. I'm taking what is mine that you have captive, and I'm taking it back, it's mine. And, and Pharaoh goes, no, I'm not letting it go. So God goes, oh, no? All right, you said no, and God performs these plagues, one plague after another. God demonstrates his power over Pharaoh. Pharaoh goes, I'm not letting my stuff go. God goes, I didn't ask you, I'm telling you, because I'm stronger than you, okay? So then, Jesus uses this phrase, because Pharaoh used it. In the book of Exodus, Pharaoh says, when he sees the plagues and the signs coming, he goes, surely this is the finger of God. And he loses. And Jesus comes along and says, Hey, the finger of God is doing it again. The power of God is being shown to you and it is pushing back the forces of darkness. And this is what we call the outbreaking of the kingdom of God. In this story, Satan, the devil, the prince of darkness, they call him Beelzebub, they give him all kinds of names. In this story, he has something captive, okay? He's the strong man. He's the one who has the spoil and the palace and his fortifications and his goods and you know the the spoils of war and he's hoarding it. And Jesus comes along and Jesus is the stronger man. Jesus is the one who overpowers the strong man, right? Satan is strong. He's got power. It pales in comparison to God's power. So God comes along and says, I'm the stronger man, and I'm here to push back your authority. I'm here to take back what's mine. Those of you who are trapped in darkness in the spoils of the, kingdoms, uh, the kingdom of the enemy, I'm here to take it back out of the trenches. Satan holds wealth. He tries to hold people captive. He tries to hold human governments hostage. And there are times where God moves and God says, no, that's mine. I'm taking that back. We got an image I want to put up here on the screen. We're going to talk about this. I want you to look at these borders, okay? If this looks familiar, this is actually D-Day, but I changed all the stuff that's on it. uh, Because I thought this was a great illustration. Everything that is dark is the kingdom of darkness. Okay, everything that's in dark. But you see these areas where God is attacking Satan's kingdom. God is moving. God is redefining the borders. Of the kingdom. What happens is when God shows up and God brings the gospel to you, God brings the truth of Jesus to you, he sets you free by washing away your sin. If God comes and he heals you and he heals your body, God is taking back what belongs to him because God didn't create your brokenness. That's a result of sin in this fallen world and the acts of the devil and different things like that. So when a miracle happens in your life, it is God pushing back the kingdoms of darkness and he's redefining the borders. So if you can picture this, you know, you can look at me if you want. I'll I'll be Mr. Illustration today, right? I am here in the kingdom of darkness. I'm trapped, but the power of God comes, the truth of God comes along, and it sets me free. And what happens is all of a sudden the borders get redrawn. And when the kingdom of darkness is border, it used to encompass me, it goes Vroom, and it gets rewritten. And all of a sudden, I'm in a different kingdom. The kingdom of God has expanded. And this is why I I look at a map of the United States. So we live in an RV. My family and I, right? We travel full-time. I know I've told a lot of you guys that. When we were looking at where to go and travel in the country, looking at geography, um, I did not know that the state of Alabama touches the ocean. Apparently, I was really bad at geography. I didn't know this. We were in Florida, and we were going to drive through a couple of states to get to Texas, Louisiana, and I'm like, we're just going to hit Louisiana. We're going to hit Mississippi, and then we're going to hit Louisiana. And I'm looking at the map with my kids, and I go, oh, no, we're not. We're going to touch Alabama, And I I just had no idea because borders make no sense to me. I look at state maps and state borders, and they just never made sense to me why they look the way that they look. But here we are, and I'm thinking it's so weird to me that Alabama looks like this, and then there's this jut. It just kind of, this little nubbin that comes down and grabs. But then I was thinking about this concept of the kingdom of God. That's kind of what happens is that we look at these borders and these lines, they don't make sense to us, but the reason is because the power of God is moving and pushing back darkness, and when you respond to God with your obedience, the borders get redrawn, and you're in it, right? So if I accept Jesus, if I say, okay, God, I've seen the power of God, and the kingdom of God is upon me, and now I'm going to respond by putting my faith in you, I'm going to obey you. There's power in my obedience. What happens? The kingdom lines get redrawn, and now I'm in it. And then I have a family. Let's, I, I do have a family. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't know who you are, but let's just take this as an example. I now share the kingdom of God with my family. I talk to them about Jesus, and they accept Jesus, and they say, I'm going to obey Jesus too, Dad, my children. My wife says, I'm going to obey Jesus too. All of a sudden, those borders expand. And now they're included. and what? So the kingdom border that used to now just include me, it now includes them. And it's getting bigger. It's growing. You see that, gra- that graphic? It's starting to spread in more than one place. And then they tell their friends. I tell my boss. My boss is Pastor Rich. He already knows. It's just an example. I tell, I tell people about the kingdom of God. And now the kingdom is expanding and it's pushing back the boundaries of darkness. But Jesus is making a really, really important point here that you got to recognize. When Jesus is talking about this, he says in verse 23. Do you guys mind putting that scripture up again? Let's look at verse 23. Jesus says, whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. Now, this is the part of the message where you may want to, you may start listening to me and you're going to find a YouTube preacher that says stuff you like better. This is kind of hard to hear. And I'm not going to say it in a condemning way, but it's, it's my responsibility here as I deliver the word of God to you to deliver it truthfully, okay? God makes it clear. There's no spiritual Switzerland in, this, in, in spiritual warfare. There is no neutral ground, okay? You are either in the kingdom of God or you're in the kingdom of darkness. And I know there's people in this world who go, I don't believe in that stuff, so I'm going to sit it out. I'm, I'm not saying this to scare you but I'm saying this because it's true. You don't get to sit it out. If you choose to reject God, you're choosing allegiance to the kingdom of darkness, whether you want to or not, okay? Because your allegiance follows your obedience. So where you choose to obey, you're choosing to follow the kingdom of darkness. And I know people who get stuck in their life They get trapped, they get frustrated, and they go, why do bad things happen to me? I feel like the devil's just always on me, and I feel like bad things are coming to me. And they go, I need some help, I need, give me some special prayers from the Bible. What words should I be praying to push this away? And I ask you today, instead of thinking about the special words to pray, are you obedient to God? Are you being obedient to the things that he has for you? Because if you're not, these other fixes that are not bad things, I'm not putting them down, But they're not going to fix a deeper, more seriously rooted problem in spiritual warfare. And that is that you have allegiance to the kingdom of darkness and you're asking for the benefits of the kingdom of light. That doesn't work that way. We know this in general from just basic common sense, right? If you belong to a nation, then the things that are granted to you in that nation, the certain protections they offer you, the certain benefits they try to give you, the safety that they instill in you, that's because you belong to that nation and its borders. But you step outside of those borders, and you go, no, no, listen, I'm a citizen of the United States. You can't bother me. They're going to go, you're not in the United States. What, do you, I can, what are you talking about? I, I obey my president's orders. I obey my, my ruler's mandates. I don't have to obey your ruler's mandates. That's what happens in the kingdom of darkness. We live in the kingdom of darkness, and we go, oh, no, no, I don't want that stuff to touch me. Don't, don't live there by choosing to do whatever you want and disobeying what God wants. You can't do that. You can't claim to be neutral because you find yourself in the kingdom of darkness. Let me give you some practical examples of this. Sex and sexuality. God created sex. God created everything. He's the creator and the sustainer of the universe. So everything that was made was made by him. All all sin can do is distort what God made. There's no originality to the devil. He's not a creator. He's not artistic all he can do is take what God made and distort it. And that's what, that's what happens. That's what we do in our sin. We distort what's beautiful that God made. When God created sex, he created it specifically to be a covenant relationship that is exclusive between a husband and a wife, and there is no flirting with any kind of sexual intimacy outside of that union. That's how God made it, Okay. That applies to how they treat each other, that applies to how they look at each other, that applies to how they love each other, and that union represents God's love for humankind. The Bible says that marriage is an example, it's like a mirror reflection of how much God loves us, and how much we should in return love God back. Did you know sex isn't about you? Did you know that? You wouldn't know that by living in the world we live in. You wouldn't know that sex isn't about you. You'd think it's all about you. It's not about you. Marriage is not about you. It's about God. So when God creates sex, he says, here, it's beautiful. Enjoy it. But we come along and we go, yeah, thanks, God. I love you, but I want to do it my way. I want to I use sex, however, I want to use sex. So I'm not going to do it that way. That is an example of direct disobedience to God. Now, you can do that. You're allowed to do that. But don't be surprised if all of the negative consequences of the kingdom of darkness find its way into your life, because you're making a choice to stay behind the borders of the kingdom of darkness when you do that. Is this making sense? I know this isn't fun to hear, and I'm sorry, but I I gotta tell you, because this is what Jesus is talking about. Whoever does not gather with me scatters. I'm here to introduce the kingdom of God to you. I'm here to show you that there's power and authority in my kingdom, and if you're gonna follow me, if you're gonna choose to obey me, awesome. Hop right in. Here are all the benefits. Let's take back what Satan stole from you. I'm with you. But then if you go on and say, thanks God so much, but I also want to continue to do whatever the heck I want to do. God's gonna say, okay, you can do that. But now my border goes, you're, you're not included in it anymore. It goes around you. I'm going to keep expanding, but we're going to make a weird zigzaggy line that skips you. Because you're going to stay in the kingdom of darkness. I love you. I don't want you there, but you're, you're choosing to be there. Because your allegiance follows your obedience. Are you, is this making sense to you? Come here. We're going we're to keep looking. We're going to skip ahead. Let's go to verse 27 of Luke chapter 11 here. I want you to notice this. This is really important. So there's more discussion. You can go back and read this whole chapter. It's really good. And now maybe you'll get some of the context that I'm giving you here. And it's really fun to read this. But so as Jesus is explaining these things, there's a woman in the crowd, right? Jesus says, Satan's the strong man. God is the stronger man. The stronger man is coming and taking back what belongs to him from the strong man. I'm redefining the borders of the kingdom of God and it's expanding, right? And then a woman in the crowd goes, blessed Well, I'm going to read it word for word. It says, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts at which you nursed. This is just a very fancy way of saying your mother's awesome. Man, Jesus, your mother is awesome. And I love this. This is Jesus's response. He says, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That word in Greek, it actually, it's, it's obey. Blessed are those who hear God's word and obey it. Now, this is so cool. You got your you got your Bible thinking cap on? Are you with are you awake? All right, stay with me. Online, go, did you go get coffee? Get back on the couch and listen to this, because this is really good. Okay? I love this. Jesus is not, this is what it looks like. It looks like this woman is going, Jesus, your mom is awesome, because she gets to be your mom. And Jesus goes, My mom is awesome. But what people who read the book of Luke need to remember is that in Luke chapter one. Luke tells the story of Jesus' mother, Mary. An angel visits Mary and says, Mary, you're going to give birth to the Son of God, the Messiah, the Deliverer. He will be God with us. He will be God come in the flesh to rescue us. And you're going to carry him in your womb. You're going to raise him, and he will save the world from its sin. Okay? Do you know what Mary's response was? Anybody? You ever go to church at Christmas time? Come back. Make sure if you're just visiting today that you're definitely here at Christmas. You need to hear this. Okay. Mary says, whatever the Lord says, I will do. She obeys. The word of the Lord comes to Mary, and Mary responds with obedience. Jesus is saying to this woman who says, Jesus, your mom is awesome. Because she gets to be your mom. Jesus goes, my mom is awesome. But not because she gets to be my mom. My mom is awesome because she's an example of obedience. She heard the word of God and obeyed it. Now, there are stories in the Bible where Satan tries to destroy Mary. He tries to have Jesus killed as a baby. He tries to have their family stopped. He tries to add confusion and distrust and tries to ruin the whole plan. But they get away every time. You know why? Because there's power in her obedience. Because there's victory on the other side of her obedience. There's victory on the other side of your obedience. When you choose to obey God, this arsenal of power and anointing and blessing that God has for you, I'm not saying you won't have attacks. Mary had attacks. That's scary. No one's ever tried to hunt me down and kill me, not that I know of. I might get to heaven someday, and God goes, this happened, and I like, "I had no idea. Wow, thank you, God, for saving my life. Um, I can't wait to experience stuff like that. But Mary, there are plenty of opportunities to try, and, and, and the enemy will come after you. I'm not saying he won't. But, there's an arsenal of power in the kingdom of God that is stronger than the arsenal of power behind the borders of darkness. And when you obey God, you walk with the full backing of the kingdom of God behind you. Now, I wasn't, I'm just gonna, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna talk about some things. I feel like God is stirring some stuff up, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say some things. Yeah, is that okay? Okay, I guess I don't need your permission. Pastor Rich will shut me up if I get out of line. Okay, I want to ask you honestly, are you being obedient to God with your money? God specifically says, That everything in the world belongs to him. And anything you have financially, any material success that you have, it's given to you by God. And God expects you to always put his kingdom first with your finances and your materials. God expects you to invest that back into the kingdom of God. God also expects you to simply be sound and wise with how you manage what he gives you. God expects you to be prudent in the way you handle situations with your money. And so you can squat and here's another thing. If you not only are bad with how you manage the resources God gives you, but if you spend the resources God gives you on things that are bad for you, on things that hurt your spirit, that hurt your mind, that are toxic for you, that are bad for your body, that's double disobedience right there. And then you might turn around and say, why am I having issues with my finances, why are these things happening to me? Why am I having struggles in, in my health? Why am I having these nightmares and spiritual attacks? I'm, I'm here to tell you, there's very, very real consequences to disobedience to God. And you can read all the Money Matters help books you want. You can read all of the blessed books that God, God has a financial blessing for you. He does on this side of obedience. That book's not gonna help you. All of the books out there on spiritual warfare... They're good. I'm not knocking them. Not all of them are good. A lot of them are good. But it will do nothing for you if you're looking for these specific prayers. I I know this firsthand because I have so many people I grew up with in my life who talk about walking up and down the halls of their home. Fathers who would say, I plead the blood of Jesus on my stairs. I plead the blood of Jesus in my hallway. Look, that's great. I got nothing against that. But this was a father who was abusing his children and neglecting his responsibilities as a father. That is disobedience. All you want. You are reaping the consequences of the kingdom of darkness because you're disobeying God. Are you following me? I'm, am I, being real, I, I don't sound happy as I deliver this. I, I don't, I don't want to be overly critical, but I want you to take this very seriously. How are you treating your family? How are you treating your boss? The Bible very specifically says that we are to submit to the governing authorities in the world. That doesn't mean you have to agree with them. That doesn't mean you have to do what it says. If, if the government tells you to do something against God's commands, you know, there's limits there. But you have a responsibility to show respect and to not stir up trouble with the authorities of the world. And if you want to experience the blessings of God, there's an obedience in honoring those authorities. So you can say all you want, that you love God and that you want to see God's best for you. But if you're living a life of slandering the authorities ahead of you, if you're slandering your boss, if you're slandering your pastor... I've had plenty of people slander me in ministry. It doesn't hurt me, it hurts them. There is that disobedience follows you. Are you you with me on this? Do you know that in the scriptures, it says that whoever, uh, Paul the apostle says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Only what is helpful for building others up. How do you handle your language? It's so quiet in here. How do you handle your language? You can say, I want my children to succeed in God, but if you're tearing them down, if you're ripping them apart, that is direct disobedience to God, and there's gonna be consequences for that, for you and for them. Now, I'm not saying don't discipline your children, okay? Paul says, let only words come out of your mouth that are building others up. Discipline is to build up, right? Correction is to build up, but if you're slandering to slander, if you're tearing down to tear down, if you're angry, if you're bitter, Oof, let's talk about bitterness. Forgiveness. I want everything that the kingdom of God has for me. I want to have victory against the devil. You harbor bitterness and unforgiveness. That is direct disobedience to God. The borders are getting redrawn. You can say amen or, ouch, Joey, that hurts. I just want that I just want this to sink in there is power and victory in your obedience and that goes even further than just basic do's and don'ts that goes further than than just morality some of you in this place God's talking to me right now some of you in this place have a gift to write you have a gift you are great with words and you should be writing and you're squandering it you're hiding it you're not using it for the kingdom of God. I'm here to encourage you today. Obey God. Use that for his kingdom. There's people listening to me right now. You're 10 times a better preacher than me. You are scared to death to follow God in obedience and develop speaking skills to go and minister to other people. Some of you are so incredibly good at accumulating materials and wealth and success. God has gifted you. He's gifted you. And you're not using it in obedience to him for the kingdom of God. Jesus tells a story about giving people talents and gifts. And the person who, who invested his gift that God gave him for the kingdom produced tenfold. He says, Well done. And then the servant who did nothing with his gift, he held on to it scared and didn't obey God with it. Jesus says, I'm going to take even the one gift that you have, I'm taking it away, I'm giving it to the one who has ten. There is victory behind your obedience. I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, When my family and I were in Florida, we had left here last year. It's December. It's way before Christmas. And we're traveling, and we're supposed to be heading out west. And uh, I had plans. I really wanted to get to Arizona. Arizona. There's a place out there that looks really beautiful, and I was just so excited to get to Arizona. And I knew we had to travel through Texas first, and my wife drops me the idea. I, I'm just going to say it now so everybody knows. My wife is, like, always right. Like, always. I don't love that all the time, but it's just, like, 99999999999 percent of the time. Right. So, I'm like, I want to travel you know, through Florida, I want to get to Texas, and I want to make my way through Texas so I can eventually get to New Mexico, maybe we will spend a little time there, and I want to get to Arizona. And, uh, you know, but she always says, well, let's pray about what we should do. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's pray about it. I mean, I know what I want to do. Let's pray about it. I'm sure God wants what I want. I say that a lot. Don't don't act like you've never done that, right? And uh, so we can't find anything. She suggests, why don't we stay around? We have, we have friends and family that live in the panhandle of Florida. Why don't we stop around there and spend time with them? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine with that. I look at all these pretty campgrounds that I want to stay at. They're all booked. It's too late. Or some of them are just way too expensive. Like there's a couple spots left and some of them are just too expensive. I can't stay there. And the other ones, they're just booked. And I'm like, man. I... And we find this other campground that's very plain, kind of in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, I don't want to go. And it's also, it's expensive, too. It wasn't even like worth the money, in my opinion. I don't want to go there. And she said, you know, we'll pray about it. Let's ask God what we should do. And so I can't find anything else. I'm being honest with you. I'm not going to get like I'm a super spiritual guy. I just can't find anything else. So I go, I guess God wants us to go there. I don't have peace in my heart about it at all. And so she says, well, let's book it. Let's book it then. I said, okay, so we book it. We're at this campground. We get parked in a space right next to another space where there's two people a little older in life, a little further along in life, living in their RV. And they're, they seem to me on the outside to be kind of strange people. And, uh, and, and like the, the, one, the woman comes outside of her RV one time while I'm outside of our RV, and, and she's got balloons in her hand. And she says, would your daughters like to play with these balloons? And instantly in my mind, I'm like, lady, stay away from my family. <laughs> I don't want to deal. I just don't want to. I'm not in the mood. I don't love the campground. I don't know this woman, right? Even though I told God I would go live in an RV so I could minister to people, here's this woman walks up, and I'm like, leave me alone. I'm ashamed, but I'm being honest with you. So, uh, slowly over time, though, we start to spend time with her and her husband. We find out that her husband is chronically sick, and he has MS. And we find out that the woman had lost her son to cancer, and then had recently, really recently, just lost her mother. And she was struggling horribly. And my wife joined me, and we got to spend time with them. They invited us into their RV. And while we were there, um, my wife detects that there is not just pain in this RV, There's serious demonic oppression happening in this place. Not demonic possession, demonic oppression. Like the enemy is just hurting these people, pushing on them, giving them pain, digging into their life, getting roots through the brokenness that they've experienced. And we got to pray with them. We got to encourage them. We got to talk about Jesus with them. And... Uh, I mean my wife literally you know we pray we prayed that angels would come and minister over their RV and stay with them as we leave and we could just tell in, in the kingdom of God the, the borders of the kingdom of God were redrawn that day that we left I could just tell you know these people are included in the family of God but here's here's why this matters right I tell you that story because you need to know I was obedient and I, I wasn't easy I didn't want to be I'll admit to you it's hard to do what I'm asking There's power in our obedience. I know it's not easy to be obedient all the time, but thank God that we were. Because God had a plan there and a ministry purpose there, and that's why we went there. And I'm telling you, it is a blessing to you if you're willing to stop and ask God, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Have you ever done that? Have you ever actually stopped and said, God, what do you want God, how can I live more for you and less for me? If you've never done that, do that. Try that. Because I promise you, you're going to see power, anointing, glory, joy, fulfillment, answers to prayer like you've never seen it before. When the devil does attack you, you'll see it, but you're going to go, it can't phase you. Why? Because the kingdom of darkness is the strong man. The kingdom of God is the stronger man. Right? The kingdom of darkness can come at you, but it can't overwhelm you. It can't take away your hope. It can't take away your faith. The only thing that's going to change that paradigm is where your obedience lies. I stepped down. I wasn't paying attention. Um, I'm just wrapping up here. I want to pray real quick. Pray this prayer with me, but pray it and mean it. Or don't pray it at all. Okay? Come here. Heavenly Father, God, I ask that you will take our obedience and solidify it. Help us not to be shaken. Help us not to be weary. Help us not to doubt because there is power in obedience. So I submit my life to you and I choose to obey. In Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen. I'm so grateful for Pastor Joey. He brings us It's good to have good to have different Uh, gifted people in this house, isn't it? You know, we all have our gifts, strengths, and weaknesses, and uh, that's the body, and it's awesome to hear Pastor Joey preach and his love, his care for this body uh, for all of you. And um, what a good, solid word for us. So stay in the kingdom of God. Stay in obedience to Christ. And in your struggles, right, last week, we're talking about the trenches, being in the trenches. Fight. Fight for obedience, fight to stay in the truth can you do that let's keep doing that would you bow your heads and close your eyes maybe there's some of you here today that you have never even made a decision to follow christ you're here today you're saying you know i need to take that first step of obedience and just even receiving this forgiveness that Christ offered and this relationship that he wants to have with me. And maybe you're here today and you say, I've never had that before, but I know that God is prodding my heart right now. I can feel it. Or maybe you just have the faith to know that that's the truth. Or maybe you've had that before and you walked away and today God's calling you back. Whatever the case may be, God loves you. He has a plan and purpose for your life and he wants a relationship with you. So if you're here today and you don't have that, And you say, I want to take this first step of obedience by asking Jesus to forgive me for being away from him, for doing things that have caused me to not be in his kingdom. I need to ask him to forgive me and let me in his kingdom today. If that's you in this place with everybody's eyes closed, heads bowed, would you just lift your hand high enough so I can see it? I want to pray with you. If that's you in this place, I need Jesus in my life. I need to get things right. I see your hand. else. God, I want to get things right. Come on, would you just say this prayer all across this place? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for what you did for me, that you took my place on the cross. You died so that I could be forgiven, so that I could be made whole. And you rose again, came back to life so that I could too. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for giving me new life, a second chance. I receive what you did for me. And thank you that now I'm in your kingdom. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for those that just did that in this place. If you did that online, if you're watching online or even in this place, no matter what the case, please text us and let us know uh, that you just made that decision to follow Christ. Text us at 315-444-2100. We'd love to hear from you uh, and help you in that relationship with him. We Today, growth, growth Track is about to start in just a few minutes. If you want to know your next steps in God, that's a great place to start. Also, for those of you that have children, we have VBS coming up soon in uh, just a few weeks. So sign your kids up. There's a booth out there. And like I said earlier, we are um, doing... A Fight Against Child Sex Slavery with Love 146. Uh, There's a booth for that out in the lobby too. Sign up for that if you wanna get involved in any capacity. We'd love to see this thing take off. We're gonna involve other parts of the community with this as well and possibly other churches. So um, get involved, be obedient to Christ, amen. If you need prayer, thank you, God. Uh, uh, If you need prayer for anything, for healing, uh, for something that was said today, just maybe you're tired of fighting (laughs) and you're having a hard time, you know, uh, fighting against uh, God is with you. He wants to help you and we want to help you too. We're with you. You're not alone. And so whether your fight is against health issues or financial issues, or maybe you're struggling um, just with forgiveness or bitterness, like Pastor Joey mentioned today or other things, we'd love to pray for you and stand with you. So our prayer team, elders, uh, pastors are going to come up here now our prayer team, and uh, if you want prayer before you leave, please come. If not, have a great week. Enjoy the beautiful, warm weather today. God bless. Thanks again for checking out this message from Believer's Chapel. You know, the Bible says in Romans ten thirteen that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, and it's our hope that you will make today, that day, to call upon the name of the Lord and to give your life to Him. If you'd like to speak to a pastor, please take out your phone, text 315-444-2100 and somebody from our team will be in touch with you. Also, if you're making the decision to follow Jesus from the first time today, text the word Jesus to that number 315-444-2100 and we would love to celebrate with you. Thanks again and we'll see you next time.